All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Tim Saunders. You're listening to Nasty Knuckles. Listening to Nasty Knuckles, the Hockey Outlaws Podcast, with your hosts, Terry Nasty Sotomayor and former Philadelphia Flyer Enforcer Riley Cote, as they go behind the scenes with your favorite NHL players. Time to face off. All right, welcome back. What's happening, Nasty? What's up, Reggae I'm just here at practice this morning with the Rebels. Uh, trying to talk to you and talk about a little bit of action that's going on in the hockey world. Yeah, man. Struggling with the uh, technology this morning, I see. Well, you know, I could not get my uh, <laughs> Bluetooth to work with my ear pods, AirPods, whatever they're called. So we're trying this on the phone, which sucks. But I didn't bring my... Normal earphones, that's my bad. You got to be more prepared, Nast. I do, I do, but, you know, trying to get a hold of you is like trying to get a hold of, I don't know what. It's not easy. Yeah, but <laughs> Just get up a little earlier. <laughs> you, you don't answer the phones, you don't answer the messages, it's, it's tough. Oh, I answer. Fucking Hollywood here. No, no. Probably, no, probably on your boat. Fucking, on my boat, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah. So what's going on? You recover after the big Tilly the other day? Yeah, I didn't really have much to recover from. I was red rotten. Uh, we didn't really come ready to play, but got to give them credit. They played well. Uh, men's league, I'm talking about. The uh, Rolling Rock team, they, they took it to us pretty good. We tried to make a late comeback, but 
just didn't happen. Yep. Yep. It did not happen. But, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> just got to recover and uh, get back at it next weekend. Big tough game against our, our rivals, the Blue Devils. Oh, yeah. All the boys. Yeah. Hopefully you recovered uh, by then because I know you're, you're, get, you're getting old. and Oh, Jesus. Listen, <laughs> I, the sad thing is I'm in better shape than a lot of the boys. You are right. You are right. And you got the, you got, you got the, you got the light the pins. The light pins. I got to keep them. I got to get them lighter. Yeah. So what uh, what's going on in, uh, in the retirement world in the NHL? A couple wow, of bodies man. retiring. Yeah, hey, man. I I tell you what, uh, Zdeno Char is the biggest one for me. Um, well, him and Yans. Uh, I yeah, ultra. You know, I was yeah. you know just from seeing uh, Big Zdeno his whole career. I, I his first year in the minor leagues, um, he was in Kentucky, and I think I told the story before. One of our kids were talking to him the night before in a bar. And uh, I asked, it was Marty Chervin. I asked him the next day, I said, Who, who's that guy you're talking to? And he's like, oh, it's Dan O'Chara. And I said, oh, he plays basketball here in Kentucky? He goes, no, he plays <laughs> hockey. And I'm like, yeah, right. Guy's 6'9". Sure yeah. enough, he's on the ice the next day. And then what a career, man. Uh, God, the guy was just, and, and such a, just such a good human being, uh, which I think everyone knows. Um, I, I hate to see him retire. You hate this. It's like, you know, one of those guys that's kind of depressing a little bit because you're just so used to seeing him play. I was hoping he's going to jump on with another team. Fuck, I feel like that guy could play a long longer because of his reach. You know, I know he slowed down yeah. a little bit, but uh, it's always fun to watch. And he's a competitor and willing to battle for his teammates. I mean, God, I guess if I was six nine, I would. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind doing it either. But uh, no, great, great player. Um, just a, a great pro and always treated people. Awesome. Yeah, no, I I heard the same, and uh, I thought he was going to squeeze in another year just based on his you know physical stature and how he takes care of himself. Yeah, you know, and obviously he's got the passion for the game. It's twenty five years, right? Jeez. I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy. wild. You think about that. Um, but wish him in the wish him the best, man. He's one of yep. those last last warriors standing. You know, he was man. He's uh, he's done it all. He's uh, Played a lot of games and in, in many different, uh, um, let's say, internet, well, international, international play, obviously playoffs, NHL, regular season. But um, man, what a, what a competitor! Yeah, what, a, what an athlete! Awesome. So wish him the best. Yans too, man, what an amazing oh, career! Man. It's a shame the way it went down for him last year, but you know, what wasn't really fair with the the injuries the team had, and it just wasn't a great representation of what he can do. Uh, I but I know all the guys uh, saw a lot of the guys posting stuff, you know, calling him the goat, one of the best teammates they've had. And that's just him, man. He's, I, I was fortunate enough to meet him years ago and man, is he a funny human God, Yeah, he, he, is. Yeah. he, he and he's just a good, good man. Um, so congratulations. What a, what a career, man. Like, yeah. I don't care who you are. You play that many games in a row. It's, yeah. it's a, I mean, it's amazing, and he Incredible. was a great guy, great player. Yeah, no, I agree. Wish him the best. To see, uh, interested to see where he pops up in the hockey world because you know that uh, he probably will in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, whether it's uh, love to see him on TV, right? Like he'd be, yeah, if, I feel they, like if they if they let him be himself, you know, like oh yeah, it would be great because he is a funny yeah. dude. It's a sheer entertainment 
for yeah. sure. And then speaking about entertainment, PK Subban, uh, yeah. kind of kind of shocked, you know, uh, yeah. kind of not shocked, but uh, kind of taken off guard. I mean, thirty three years old. I thought he had another couple of years, but I guess you know, guys, you know, they make enough money, and then they, you know, they 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 mature and and you know they, they evolve. Um, you know, they just want to move on in life and and you know try something new. Uh, I guess, right? I mean, it's. It's not like he couldn't find a job, in my opinion. I mean, you know, yeah, he's going to way less money, but um, yeah, who knows what the situation is there. But wish him the best. You know, he's a you know entertaining player, charismatic player. He brought a lot of flair and and uh, enthusiasm to the game. You know, I I, I think yeah. the game um, could use more of that, honestly. Um, yeah, but uh, it, it is what it is. You know, life life goes on, and guys got to make tough decisions at different ages and different times in their lives, and. Yeah, I, I, I think things didn't go as well as he probably would have liked the last couple of years, you know, um, and he's definitely going to get a job in the entertainment world. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, probably with hockey, but with him, he's a smart, he's a smart guy. Like, you never know, he could end up on any kind of type of show, but uh, he's very good at that. He proved that over the last few years when he jumped on with uh, doing some TV and stuff. And yeah, really, really good dude. Really good dude. Hundred percent, yeah. Articulate, you, like you said, he he will be in, in entertainment media some some way, shape, or form, um, yeah. and I think he'll do a hell of a job with that. I think that's his personality. He puts himself out there. He's not afraid to be himself, uh, which is important. And we will see. And then uh, another interesting news there uh, that we read, um, and it's not official, and we, we don't want to start rumors, but uh, you know the the the, the rumblings of potentially Nolan Patrick retiring, which is crazy, but not that out there either based on his, uh, in the last few years with his concussion related issues. So yeah, that would be a shame I, if that's the case. But I mean, at the end of the day, you got to take care of your, your own personal health and you got to make some hard decisions in life. And hopefully it's not the case, but uh, you know, just all signs aren't pointing to, you know, absolute wellness and, 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 you know, a full comeback. So who, who knows, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a shame. You know, I, I don't want to say something I could get in trouble for, but you know, he, he took a lot of crap here. I, I wish people knew everything that, you know, went on behind the scenes and, and um, it, it just sucks for him because he was a ta- he's a talented, talented guy. And he never really got the chance to, to show that. You know, yeah. and, and things happen that everyone doesn't know about. And, and you know, uh, maybe they come out later or whatever. But, uh, it's, you know, I'm an equipment manager and I know the guy was a treat to have. And I, mean, I got along really well with him and I just feel bad. I, I hope there's a way maybe he can hang on and get to play again. But like you said, you, you got to take care of, uh, you know, your brain and your body and whatever it's telling him. I'm, uh, he knows what to do. So great yeah, guy. Yeah. Miss him. Miss him a lot. He's a great guy. Yeah. I wish him the best, you know, tough, tough, uh, juncture in life and in, in sport. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you got to preserve and, and take care of that mental health of the brain and, and overall physical health. Um, uh, and you yeah. got a, a long life to live after hockey. So yeah. challenging times, uh, you know, he'll figure it out. He knows himself better than anybody. So wish him the best tough news, uh, yeah. you know, however that plays out, but, um, just uh, you know, we're 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 thinking of you there, Patty. So yeah, for sure, buddy. Um, so wish all those guys the best, and I think we're ready to rock your nest.
episode 87. Timmy Saunders. Timmy Saunders. Welcome back. I'm Riley Cote. And I'm Derek Suttermeyer. And this week, we're so happy to have a legend in Philadelphia, the play-by-play announcer for the Philadelphia Flyers, Mr. Tim Saunders. What's up, brother? I know you're being kind with the legend. <laughs> no legend here. You're a legend. You've been here since 97, yeah. brother. You're awesome. How you, you doing, boys? Doing well. Doing well, man. yeah. Thank good to you. see you. Good to see you, too, man. Thank you for coming out, man. We really appreciate it. I saw Riles on the golf course this I'm sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I didn't hope you didn't see me swing. Okay, okay. <laughs> Thank <laughs> God. <laughs> We're talking about that for the next 10 minutes. Oh, man. How about you? Did you play this summer? Not nearly as much as I want to. I actually got out uh, last week a couple times, which was nice, and hopefully a couple times this week. Today, we should be going to. Yeah. It's beautiful outside. Yeah. Um, have you played a lot this summer? A lot of bad golf. A lot of bad? A lot of bad golf. You should be getting a lot better by now. I should be way better than I am, (laughs) as much as I was able to play this this year. But uh, I'm getting to an age where I don't hit the ball anymore. I mean, off the tee, it's it's pathetic. My dad, I I played with my dad last week, and he's he's 71 now, or 70, 71, whatever. (laughs) And he's playing up there from the damn... Senior tees. Yeah, I'm not there yet. And he, I know, I know, but like, and he can still hit the ball. That's what pisses yeah, me off. Yeah, he hits it straight. He's boring. Yeah. He hits it straight and throws a dart right down to. And then he's putting for a birdie every time. It just pisses me off. But at least you're not hitting from the senior. I play with a lot of guys that do that. Yeah, from the senior tees, and I'd like to think when I get there, I'll be willing to do it. But I know a lot of guys just they just don't refuse. want to. Don't, yeah, how how right. old do you have to be actually to? Is it sixty two? Jeez, you're you're almost there now. Hey, I mean, wow! Real, <laughs> I am actually. That's a sad thing. I probably won't make sixty-two, boys. We know that. <laughs> the way I go, I don't know if I'll make sixty-two, but maybe I will. Um, so, how's your summer been, bud? Not bad. Yeah. Um, busy. Uh, we're still kind of settling back into the house because uh, we had uh, uh, an interesting pandemic when the house got destroyed uh, oh. by a storm. No. We were out of the house for about 13 months, but oh, wow. now we're back in, settled. It's been rebuilt. Um, played a lot of bad golf, as I said. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Had some family in uh, a couple of times uh, from back home, and uh, now it's time to get to work. Yeah, that's right. It is. Um, what are your thoughts right now going into this season? How are you feeling? Well, I think everybody gets pumped up when it starts coming around, right? Um, and I wondered late in the summer whether that was going to be the case would would that same feeling come back and it it already has mm-hmm. yeah um, I'm, I'm looking really forward to working with torts seeing the effect that torts has on this team and where they go because you i don't think you can look at last year i think it was a complete aberration i right. don't think you can look at last year and gauge a whole lot based on what they went through from injuries to everything else you guys know in, yeah. in that business Players aren't going to make excuses, and injuries are always thought of as an excuse, so you don't go there. But the truth is, there's a reality to the fact that they lost over 500 man games to injury, lost all their centers at one point. Nobody's going to win going through what they did. So I I think it was an interesting summer for the front office. Chuck said going in that this uh, this is a summer of kind of transition, kind of figure out where we are. Because you could overreact to the year you had last year and make moves that maybe two, three years down the line you regret. Um, sometimes the harder moves, I think, for a, a manager is the moves you don't make um, and give it time to kind of settle so you know what the hell you're doing and what you got. 
I, I agree. We've we've talked about this a lot. Like you you can't not look at the injury situation from last year, and you know fans and, and just anyone in general uh, talk about oh they're terrible. I'm like, well, you didn't really see the team play together, right. to be honest. Um, and like you said, the boys aren't going to make excuses. No one does. But I think the number one thing, and um, you probably agree, is John Tortorella being hired. I know Torts. I worked with him. Yep. He's unbelievable. Yep. I think they got the right guy I at agree. the right time. Now, I say that, and I'll tell you, I was a huge Mike Yo fan. Right. Yeah. Loved great this guy. guy. Great guy. Great human being. Yep. I absolutely loved working with him. Um, and I was kind of hoping he'd be back in some, you know, as an assistant here. Yep. I get he got a chance in Vancouver. Uh, he's going to work with Bruce Boudreau, and, and that's great for Mike. He was dealt uh, an unfortunate hand last year. So be it. They got in towards, I think they got the right guy in the right market. This, this yeah, right. going to love him. Around. 100%. Not just because he's uh, combative, but he's going to get everything out of this group that anybody could, I think. And and sometimes you got to put guys in uncomfortable positions to get the most out of them and talk to any of the guys, and I know you have, of guys that have played for him, and they all say the same thing. Yep. Yeah. No, that's the truth. And I think he's going to do a, a great job at building, sh- well, structure, obviously, but uh, building that culture that I feel like is necessary in a market like Philly. It's you know, He hasn't pretty- been shy about saying, hey, we got some issues in the room. We got to right. address that first. And that uh, the other day when he said that on a, on, on a national podcast, that raised eyebrows. Chuck said that before the year was over. Uh, right. That's yeah. not newsworthy. There are some issues that are going to have to be figured out. Once they do, then they can worry about what's happening on the ice. Yeah, and I, you know, I think the players will tell you that. Yeah, you know, from the guys, you know, talk to most of the guys still, and and I think they'll tell you that that's the case. You know, not that there's like bad people in there, no. but just got to figure this out, get our identity back. Yep. Philadelphia, Torts is fiery. This, like you said, the city's going to love this guy, and um, getting the players back. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, hundred percent. He does a good job with. Uh, with the media, I feel like he, he know he, he knows how to sprinkle you know a few little you know bites for them to, to bite on and and, and then yeah. you know it, it generates into something larger than it probably is. Been I think it's strategic. Over he, he knows years, what he's doing. It's been really interesting to see coaches and how they deal with the media. Nobody played the media better, I thought, than Ken Hitchcock. Right. He yes. Yes. He exactly. Hands. He knew how to play these guys. Give them just enough as a distraction sometimes. Yeah. And it was he was a maestro. Uh, Torts is a different animal. I think he's pretty straightforward. You know where you stand yeah. with John Tortorella. Uh, on any given time, and I think the players are going to do that, and I think the players appreciate that kind of honesty. Yeah, they, and they should. And if you don't like it, <laughs> you won't be here long, right. or you won't be playing. But I think from what I've heard and what Riley's, you know, the guys we've talked to, they're fired up. They really are excited about this, and you know, you want to get this change, like, and and it's needed. The guys that went through that last year. Nobody wants to win more than those guys. Exactly. I mean, that's a, a misnomer that in Philadelphia the fan base wants to win more than the players. That's total BS. Right, yeah. That's total. And it goes. It's not only the players in the room. It's the front office. It's the management. It's the uh, staff running the business side of it. Everybody wants to win as much or more than the fans do, and it's going to be interesting to see if they can put it together. Yeah, yeah, right. lots of pressure for sure, right? And I yeah. think uh, the guys were strongly recommended to come in early, and Which they, all, they did. all did. Yeah, right. and they've been here skating for probably well over a week here now. Yeah. And 
just generating that buzz, that excitement, right, which is important when you talk about team chemistry. And you got guys coming off of injury years. Yeah. Kevin Hayes wasn't Kevin Hayes yeah, for right. most of the year last year. Um, you know, he, he he got back into the lineup as his his normal self late in the year, late and year. you saw what his numbers were. Yep. It's going to be interesting. I'm excited to see a guy like Kevin Hayes and how he, he responds to Tortorella, and I think to a certain degree he's going to have to take some of the bite of this team. Torts has said, I'm not going to name a captain. I'm in no hurry to name a captain. Right. Yep. And I kind of like that approach. It kind of makes the whole group take some ownership in leading, and we'll figure out who should wear the damn C when it's necessary. But I, I agree with them. There's yeah, no rush. he's got to get to know these guys too. For sure. You know, yeah. like um, – I, I think it's cool that he's doing that. I, I what he say? No rush. I have, I'm in no hurry yeah. to do it, and I don't. I don't blame him. Yeah, yeah. And he's got a lot of leaders in there. Hundred percent. Right. Hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He does. You create the culture, build the identity, and then I think it'll present itself uh, pretty obviously. Yeah. As so the time I, I, I am getting on. pumped up to answer your, your yeah. question. Yeah. <laughs> no, I am too. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. I really. Am. What are your thoughts on uh, D'Angelo and Deloria signings? I love them both, yep. and for obviously different reasons. Yep. Um, the whole Ryan Ellis thing was so such a bad hand to be played. Remember, Maddie Niskanen retires unexpectedly. Yes. Yeah. You went a year without being able to replace that guy. What Chuck did in the offseason two years ago, he addressed everything that needed to be addressed. I thought he had a fantastic summer, and then everybody gets hurt, yeah. and you never really saw that team that he had put together. And Ryan Ellis was the biggest piece of that. Right. Yes. Uh, it's so a it's shame. a huge guy to take out of your lineup. I don't. I, I don't hear a lot of encouraging things about his prospects yeah. at the start of the year. Hopefully, they can figure it out and get him to a point where he can play and contribute during the season. But you guys know the mantra in hockey is you don't worry about the guys that aren't there and yeah. aren't ready. Yeah. You got to focus on the guys that are. So you move on. Uh, they needed to move on and, and plan accordingly, and Tony D'Angelo, I think, is a, a great piece that will fill that specific hole. Yeah, the, the, their power play immediately, to For me, sure. is going to uh, benefit from, from Tony. Um, also, he's a he's a highly competitive guy, and the yeah. fans are going to enjoy that, and I think his teammates – you know, we had him on the show, and he's so fired up to be here. Like, he's, you know, he bleeds to orange and black, even he though he went to other places. You know, he wanted to be here, so. I'll tell you a funny story about him. I had never met him, never really talked to him. And we were in Carolina last year, and he happened to be out of the lineup for the Canes. And obviously, we all know where he grew up, and he, he, yeah. he was a huge Flyer fan growing up. And between periods, we're walking in the hallway behind the booth, and Coatsy down the hall says hey come here i want to introduce you to somebody and it was d'angelo and he did a quick introduction but i didn't really hear who he was introducing me to so for the first 15 seconds of this conversation i had no clue (laughs) i had no idea who he was and about 20 seconds into the conversation, i figure out oh shit let's see did i say anything (laughs) it's obvious i didn't know who the hell you and the kid couldn't have been nicer having grown up here he said i loved listening to you guys as a kid blah 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 uh, I felt like a total idiot, <laughs> and I can't wait to apologize yeah. to him because I haven't talked to him since. Oh, okay, yeah, he's awesome, man. He's 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 so fired up. It's yeah. awesome. He is a great kid, though. You're right, yeah. like one of the nicest people you can meet. Yeah, and he's skilled. He's very he's skilled. skilled. Yeah. Skill set that they 
desperately need right yes 100 and he's an emotional guy too i, I was obviously as we know but um john stevens was on not too long ago and he's very friendly with his sons and he's saying as soon as this guy shows up at the rink the the energy level is increased i mean he's a high energy guy emotional yeah. guy loves the game um, and, I, and I know that he's wanted to come to Philly. I think Jonesy was telling us yeah. uh, the other day that um, that you know every time that he that DeAndre would play against the Flyers, he'd go after Sanheim. He would like leave his position. He would leave his position to go after Sandy because he was like, "You see, you got drafted, you know, to the Flyers." Who says guys don't hold drafts? Yeah, I know, right? Poor Sandy's like, "Okay, I get it, man. (laughs) Leave me alone." Every every game in the last four years, right? (laughs) Oh, that's great. Well, he's going to fill a huge need. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see though how he and Provi, if that's who he's paired with, yeah, how that top pair evolves because um i don't think it's necessarily set in stone but it could be an interesting top yeah. top pair yeah i agree yeah it'd be interesting for sure i think pro Proby could use a guy like that i mean obviously we've got to see how it plays out but um yep. you know i think Proby needs that complimentary guy to just to obviously complement his game uh give him that sense of security where he can jump up in the play and you know he, knowing that his partner will be you know holding holding back and holding position but um Provy better be ready. Probably better. Holy, holy, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe that's he'll be good, good for Provy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, right. Yeah. I think, I think so. I, I think if they're together, that's going to be a heck of a combo. Yeah. yeah, that's my opinion anyway. What do I know? <laughs> I know about equipment. But I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, right. watching those guys. It's. Uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to that. I hope that is a pairing. I, I hope I so too. It yeah, it would be, uh, be fun to watch. And then Delorie, obviously, a different so, type of signing. So Delorie. I think is is way more important and a more impactful signing than most people are are giving it credit. I for, agree right? with that. It because you have no idea how many times we're sitting in the back of the plane, and after a tough game, how many times as guys come back to the back of the plane, it's like uh, you got a sense like we need. There's an element we're missing here, and and they really were, and. Yeah. and a lot of people are worried about the term, him getting four years. Who cares that they gave him four years? This is a guy that you're not going to be sorry having signed. First of all, the, the number of the contract, the money he's making, isn't going to be something you're going to regret hugely in two, three years. Right. If you are, you could cert- teams would be lined up oh, yeah. to take him off your hands, and I don't think that'll ever be the case. No. He brings an element that still absolutely is needed in this league. It's not the intimidation factor it used to be in the 70s and 80s, but there's no denying. Rouse, you know better than anybody. If you don't have that element, guys can't do what they're supposed to do if they're getting pushed around. And we're not going to be pushed around. No, and and that's that's such a great point. Jonesy kind of talked about that the other day, too. You you make every guy, and and not to forget about Zach McEwen, yeah, because there's another big body sure. that takes up first teammates, and um, you know even Tony. You don't really want Tony fighting, but I have a feeling he will fight a few times. <laughs> you don't want the guy hurting himself, but Hopefully anyway, it's not Sam, right? Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Good, great point. Um, but you know, a guy like him and Mac, they they make TK go from five ten to six two. Yeah, you know, and TK maybe could play his game a little more because, like Jonesy, we've talked about it as well. But Jonesy, Keith Jones said the other day is like TK's better when he's a little rat, not mm-hmm. not a rat, but you know, a shit disturber. Yep. Um, I feel like he always played better when he was allowed to just play his game and 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 not to mention other guys like Morgan Frost and Farabee. You don't you don't want these guys to get pushed around and like you said people can say it's not it's not the same as the 70s 80s 90s whatever 
but you need this in the game. You yeah. need a guy on your team. You see it in the playoffs when teams are tougher. And I'm not saying they were going to fight every night, but you need this. You need your players to feel comfortable, know someone's there. Guys kind of leave you alone when you have a guy like you. He's tough. Oh, yeah. He's, he's legit <laughs> he's the tough. toughest guy uh, available, obviously. Who would you like him to? Uh, a, a tough guy that you went up against? Jeez. Um, he can skate, I mean, too. yeah, he can, yeah, he can skate. Can he, was a, he was a defenseman in the minors yeah, for, I, for three I mean, years in Manchester. I remember I mean, you, you telling me about, that. He's, he's a pretty versatile guy. Um, geez, I mean, he's, he's under, say, an undersized guy. He's only six six one. you know, probably my height. I mean, Maybe Sean Thornton. I mean, you know, skate pretty damn good in a straight line. Mm-hmm. Fight every tough guy and their brother. Um, he's going to keep Ryan Reeves honest, um, Tom Wilson honest. You yep. know what I mean? And yep. he's going to make everyone, uh, to Nassie's point, feel a little bit bigger out there. And then he compliments Torts in, in, and the yeah. identity and the culture. In my opinion, I mean, he's just it's it's you couldn't have found a better guy uh, for Philly. And I, I, again, to your point, I don't think the Flyer fans understand how valuable this guy is going to be to this team and how much entertainment and energy he's going to bring. Going to be interesting to see if they play him with McEwen because McEwen can bring some of that too. Do you have them both on the same line, or can you spread them to different lines? You know, Torts is going to figure all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to see. I'd love to see him spread can you imagine out a little being, bit. If, I mean, if they were on the wings and you're their centerman, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I might be all right. Out there. Morgan, Morgan, <laughs> put him in the corner. Comes six foot six. <laughs> yeah, he would. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, but he'll. Uh, no, he he'll he'll make the Flyer fans ultra happy once he gets going, and yeah. he can bang bodies. He can skate, man. He's not yep. just he's not just a, a goon. Um, obviously, they paid him. They paid him well, and uh, and deservingly so. You're not going to find a, a tougher guy that was available in the free market there. So yeah, I I, I have no problem as I said with the four years. Who yeah, cares. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a guy you won't have to look for that guy three years from now. Because yeah. you got him. Yeah, exactly. right. Exactly. So, they, I mean, I mean to, to your earlier point on sometimes the best move is not really making a move. Yeah. To me, those two moves addressed a lot. You know, you got an offensive defenseman probably replacing Ellis, but also some, some emotion, toughness, and then Delorier. Well, and I said it that way, obviously, with Johnny in mind. Right. That's the elephant in the room. Right. The fan base went nuts because there was a guy, uh, uh, an elite player that wanted to play here. It's so hard if you're a general manager, given the circumstances that Chuck is dealing with, do you pluck the easy fruit, the low-hanging fruit, spend the money, and go after that guy? What, what I don't think most people understand is what was it going to cost to do that, number one, because it was more than maybe moving a contract like JVR. I think other teams were asking for more than a first-round pick on top of that. I think Teams were asking for two first-round picks. Mm. Would you do that? You got a first-round pick next year that could turn into a franchise generational player if you're lucky. There's no way I'd do that. So given what it would take to have pulled that off, do you commit yourself to that kind of contract? This team's more than one player away. Yeah. So I think I think Chuck was I, – I have great – respect for Chuck and Brent and the front office staff. These guys know what they're doing. And sometimes maybe going after that one guy might not be the time to do it. That yeah. makes sense. But I will say this. I think when you got torch and the moves he did make, they will be nowhere close to that first round pick to the, to the top pick. Yeah. 
you to might the be top right. pick. You might, it may not be a lottery pick. But yeah, I don't think. I think. Can you these imagine guys are the be criticism they would be laying themselves up for? Yeah, if right. it turned out that way, it was. No, I, yeah, I get yeah, it. Right. I get it. But I'm just saying, in a positive way, I think they're going to be a lot better than people think. I do too. Yeah, like too. I don't think they're going to be close to that. that but very first I'll pick, say but. in and and let's be. You know, try to be objective. You could have a really good improvement season over 90 points, and it's still not going to be easy to make the play. Yeah, that's, that's the truth. That's a great point, too. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I'm just saying I think they're going to be better. I do, too. If people are giving him credit for it. And yeah. I don't think Torch Mines being the underdog. I don't think he's like, hey, we're going to be way better. He's playing it cool. Yeah. You know, and, and um, but I do think they're going to be a way better team than people are giving them credit I do for too. right now. That's for, just my a, for a number of reasons. <laughs> yeah. About. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. And, and they'll, they'll lose the right way when they do. You know, it's not like maybe the last couple of years when you're, you're losing, you're getting smoked, and there's no there's no fight. There's no there's just no jam. There like, were times, and, and you, you guys appreciate that Coatsy and I have to be somewhat careful. Yes. Radio, we have the ability to kind of let it hang out a little bit more than in TV. You want to be objective, and you want to tell the truth. We're not going to rip anybody per se, but there were times where it did look like this team – was going through the motions at times yeah. because of who they had out of the lineup in some right. cases. And those are just terrible games to, to work, to watch. We're keenly aware of that. So you're right. I don't think even when they do lose this year, it ain't going to be like that because right it's going to be entertaining and they're <laughs> no not going to get pushed around and they're going to push back. And that in Philadelphia, I mean, what that fits this yes. market to a T. You know, for, right? Yeah. This is it's showing up and, and laying it all out there, and you're not going to win them all, but there's a way to lose, and we've we yeah. all know that, right? Yeah, right. And I think you know, going way back to the 40th season of the team, we had a really tough year, uh, and oh, but I, the people still came because they worked. <laughs> the boys worked, though, and yep. the place was still packed. And you know, they're going to give you the support if they see that you're giving it what you have for you sure. Know? Um, and I think you're going to see over 100%. There's no fool in these people. No, no, There's that's not. true. 100%. There's no so fool true. in this fan base. You're right. Totally. Uh, any guy that jumps out to you as far as a breakout year? I mean, there's probably a lot of guys who elevate their games. I have a but lot of guys circled in my head. I want to see what kind of camps they have yeah. that could be impactful. It's going to be interesting because with guys coming back healthy, and I'm, I'm really hopeful that Farabee is in better shape than – they're letting on right now. Yeah. I, I don't think he's going to be out as long as maybe they thought he was. I'm fingers yeah. crossed that that's yeah. true. But you've got some depth on this team, and some guys that otherwise would you would plug into the lineup are going to have to win jobs. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I'm thinking a guy like Wade Allison. I love this kid. Yep. I love what he can bring, but there's no job there. He's going to have to come and take it. That's it. And he's one of those guys, Owen Tippett, I think, has high-end skill. Yep. you got to do it. Yep. And I always go into camp, and, and you guys would know this better than I. It, my attitude in camp is every year somebody's going to surprise. Somebody's yep. going to open eyes yep. that you don't expect. Remember the year Justin Williams yep. came in as a rookie? Yeah. And he was he was saying, I'm going to make this team. And it, 
people laughed at him. What are you talking oh, about? Buck you're a 55 of yeah, There's no, <laughs> no way you're going to make this team. He not only made the team, he never went to the minors. Right, yeah. never. So Turned out to be pretty good. Player. He, he wasn't yeah, bad. <laughs> Willie wasn't bad. Willie, Willie wasn't you weren't that bad. <laughs> so, so inevitably, you're going to have somebody that opens eyes and and is better in camp than you expected. Now, the test is can you carry that over into the regular season and do it for the long term and stay with the club? So two different issues. But I think you are going to have guys that you're not expecting necessarily um, be impacts. Noah Cates is a guy that doesn't – he's not going to score you 30 goals, but he's the kind of player that every coach wants in his lineup because he's dependable and he plays a two-way game. So there are a lot of guys that I'm anxious to see how they do in game. Ronnie Adderd, I think, is almost certainly uh, headed to Lehigh. Uh, A year of pro hockey in the American League will probably do him good. But I think he he's going to be an NHL player. It's just a matter yeah. of how quickly it'll. His be. size yeah. Yeah. alone. Yeah, um, yeah. I was with Ronnie last week, and he's a big kid, man. Yeah. You know, when I saw him on the ice, I was like, yeah, he's a pretty big kid. But then when you see him, I'm like, whoa, he's a he's a big kid. And these college players are more prepared exactly. than they were ten years ago That's coming through college. Yeah, they are. That's they the really truth. Are. Well, it'll be interesting training camp. Uh, obviously, lots to prove from everybody, and everyone's yeah. bringing their A game. You know, it's there's no. It's not going to be an easy game. You guys know camp, that, no. not under torch. <laughs> and they're all kind of bracing for that. Right? Oh, yeah. They're all saying the right things that they know what to expect. But this is not going to be an easy camp, yeah. so that's going to be fun to watch. This is like the old school camp. Where oh, you know, yeah. You're coming in, your work. it's like <laughs> you're dreading the fitness test. You're dreading every on-ice <laughs> Oh, section. you never dreaded that, did you? Oh, yeah. Especially when you start incorporating the run and this and that, all, this, all these mind <laughs> games and stuff like that. This guy weighed 224 when he was playing. <laughs> fat, my fat, all in the head, man. I love the one, your one head shot there, man. It does, people wouldn't even know it's you no, if they no. don't know you. Right? It's stung by a pack of bees. <laughs> Pretty big melon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you don't remember how thick my head was? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was inflamed from all the punches or yeah. from all the eating. It was one yeah, of the two. One of the two. It was those late night Burger King runs we used to make in oh, the yeah. summer. <laughs> he would, we would be going out to the city, you know, have you know some dinner and maybe couple of cocktails i don't know what we were doing but uh <laughs> we would be we would always pass we lived together for a while and, and we would pass getting on the 42 there was a burger king it was open 24 hours and he'd be uh, like we're not stopping there tonight i'm like all right fuck pull off the thing. <laughs> <laughs> drive through now and two like, whoppers of cheese yeah. <laughs> 75 pounds uh oh, yeah man. i'd need a couple whoppers yeah and that'd be done by the i lived about a mile from there and it'd be done by the time we got so home. neither one of you guys are doing that anymore no you're both no no great. No, no, thanks. Yeah, oh, I'm, pa- I'm past that. I'm not sure I'd uh, pass towards his fat test uh, right now. <laughs> well, you got, you're about a five. Yeah, you well, got, what do you got to be a three? Oh no, he's he's, he's eleven. So he's, he's eleven. Back, you yeah, pass but, that? Oh my god. Oh now, but back in the day, oh, no, I back then no, you no, no, I wouldn't have for no. sure. No. I'm not sure Delorier will. Well, he's fighting heavy. But he's okay. He gets, yeah, yeah, he he gets, gets a pass. He, he I don't mean that pass. in a bad way. I no, mean no. like he, you got to let him kind of. Yeah, yeah, you got to let him. Yeah, for sure. Thing. Well, I got a question for you, Timmy. Um, getting off this topic of the team, but uh, you grew up a baseball fan, yeah, and you you did call some River Shark games. I knew that. Yeah, just back for, in the, just for fun. So was was that your number one sport growing up, baseball or hockey? No, I I was probably more a hockey guy. Okay. I played more baseball than I did hockey. I played both poorly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that growth spurt that every kid got in high school or before, I. I'm still waiting. I'm waiting. Yeah. Never I'm waiting got as well. <laughs> Never got. I'm still. I'm right with you. So 
<laughs> I, I had it in here, but as an athlete, it was pretty clear pretty quickly that I got you. as much as I wanted to play, it wasn't going to happen. So it was really a matter of how else can I stay involved because right. that was my that was my love and probably hockey more than baseball. Okay, I did the the minor league uh, call during the summer just. Kind of stay busy and see if I liked it. Okay, and it's so. Slow. I was going to say that, that <laughs> oh, yeah, we were talking about like, before. I'm like, <laughs> a I, lot I of games. Fall then. asleep. Yeah, I would. I would fall asleep too. I like baseball. Yeah, I enjoy. I really like playing it more. I can't sit and watch it on TV. And, and people always tell me, oh, you, you play by playing hockey has got to be the hardest sport. It isn't. The secret is it's the easiest sport to do because all you got to do is talk fast and stay and describe what's going on in front of you. There's no downtime. Yeah, right. No fluff to fill. The, the sports that there's so much downtime. That's the challenge. That's yeah. where it becomes hockey's the easier. Sport. Well, it's, it's a skill though because you are. Un, I'm not just pumping your tires here, but you're unbelievable at it. You're one of the best in the game for sure. Well, and I think it's a skill to be able to. Oh yeah. Call that as quickly as you do with the names. I mean, we we talked earlier about Gary Thorne being. You you know his memory uh, he had a photogenic it, memory yeah and but i don't have that <laughs> you, well you know i don't either but just you still have to be on top of your game and it's impressive when you're listening to a game and and you know you got to know every player that's there even a guy that's been called you know it's a, it's a skill it's so much easier when you got a guy next to you that you enjoy being with and you have a rapport with and mm-hmm. coatsy and i instantly had a rapport 25 years ago when i got here right and he's now become family to me right uh, he he's done everything imaginable to make me feel comfortable when i got here to if i need anything i know i can call coatsy for anything we love each other um and we want it to sound like two buddies sitting at a bar watching a game together yeah. and kind of shooting the shit and and that's if we're not having fun being with each other, why would anybody have fun listening to us? Yeah. That's kind of the objective. I yeah, think. we're never bigger than the game. The game's always right. The game's the game, but you got to have fun doing it. If you can't have fun doing this, God, find something else. Oh, I I agree with you, and I feel like if I could find someone like that, this podcast would go through the roof. <laughs> but uh, we're still looking. We're, we're, still, still, we're taking interviews. No, but yeah. you you couldn't be more correct uh, saying that. You guys, your chemistry is like you can. You know, going back, you know, I've known you since you got here, yep. and uh, the chemistry is there. And, and I was going to say, like, I feel bad for you sometimes having to work with Coatsy. I'm kidding. <laughs> when I say that, he's a mess, but he's great. He's and and you guys, like you said, the chemistry is there, and, and you can hear it. Um, and he's it, a machine. Awesome. My God, you've yes, seen him on the road. Oh, boy. He is a You talk about treating your body like a temple. He treats his body like he's a frat house <laughs> at Temple. So he's the Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> back to school or that movie? He is a trip. He, nobody has more fun than Steve Coates, and it's so much fun to be around that, the energy he yeah. brings. We laugh so much during the course of the year, um, and it is a little bit like a marriage when you have a partner that you spend that much time with because if you don't get along, it can be – Really oh, yeah. draining. Yeah. That would not be fun. It, like it's you said, not it wouldn't fun. be fun. It's not fun. And then it's real work. Yeah. You know, like, uh, but I, I tell you, I used to enjoy, <clears throat> usually happened in Canada where we, I couldn't ride with the equipment. Yeah. And I would get on the uh, media bus. <laughs> well, I say media, but all of us that worked with the team. I used to just sit back there and listen. I laughed my ass off. Listen to Coatsy, you and Bundy, <laughs> listen to every JJ, this, all the, con- you know, we're talking about the game and, 
stuff we could never say. That's usually the happy bus yeah, after that, a loss, that, right? You're right. <laughs> yeah, the happy bus after a loss is what you would say. It, but uh, yeah, it, you guys are unbelievable. Great team uh, for sure. We, we've had fun, and actually the same personnel in place for the most part in the broadcast uh, um, group. Right. Um, I, I think Jimmy and I are the longest-serving two play-by-play guys with one team uh, in the league. Well, there's a reason. He's been here several years uh, before I got here. So There's a reason. It's yeah, a group that gets along, cause, and, and we spend a lot of time together. Yeah, and it's like you said, like it's just like with anything you know, I worked with. Harry Bricker for, for 15, 16 years. Like, I worked with him for longer than that, but, like, right beside each other. It's, it is like a fan. Like, you're like, a you know, two married, you know, people. And, you know, there's just days, you know, every day is not perfect. But we got along great, and yeah. you and Coatsy get along great. Um, it, it, it's important because it makes it not so much like a job. That doesn't mean you don't have your moments. Right. 100%. There was an international incident one time early in my <laughs> career. The, remember the year we had training camp in Peterborough? <laughs> yes. Uh. So we go to Peterborough, and we have we were in training camp for a week, and we leave there to go to Washington to play our first preseason game. And Coatsy and I got arguing about something in the Toronto airport, and it got to an F-U-F-U, nose-to-nose, and and. I, I, I'm not going back down. Right. The hell with that. I think confrontation's good, and I think it can be good for a relationship sometimes. And the officials had to come over and separate. <laughs> really? it, it was borderline ugly. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. What's the What's the craziest thing you've seen Coatsy do? There's got to be a. There's got to be some. some well, cool. I got a whole list. None of which we can talk right, about right, here. Right. <laughs> he's he's. He's a trip. I, I love the. Do you remember the time you guys were in a bar in Pittsburgh, and somebody introduced him to this uh, this girl who turned out to be a sprinter for a oh college team. Oh my god! That remember was he raced ago. the. He raced her. I have the video out on the street. <laughs> on the street, it was hysterical. She was a sprinter for a school. Yeah, around, and this girl was put together like you could tell she was a runner she was a track star like right. she the thigh yeah you know, right you could just tell and it, we, it was great because we put it to that that music what's that song I forget yeah. the name of that <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and we did it slow mo and Coachy just he's just hobbling oh Hell, hobbling they, they played it for the guys before the game oh, yeah, the next the night oh fired up <laughs> pump tape oh my yeah. god it was the best I mean this girl could run but we gave him what a five second head it start it was a 50 yard dash and they gave him a 30 yard head start yeah, and she no caught him way. 30 yards that's what it was 30 yards he got to start 30 yards ahead and she just and she just blew right past him oh she could ride oh, that girl that was awesome oh my god we gotta find that footage he, he, oh it's there uh, he he keeps it he keeps it loose and yeah, that's 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 what's fun about. How does he keep yeah. that energy level up? That uh, I know Nasty's you know got, got some secret sauce, but what is what is Coatsy doing? I need I need some secret sauce. I don't I'm know, getting older, buzzing. he might overdo the secret sauce sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. But he's a machine. And, he's a machine. Uh, I love him. That's awesome. Oh, Coatsy, he's such a beauty. Remember when he had the the scooter when he blew out the Achilles? Oh, I've got some good video of him on the scooter. You ever see him get going downhill? Coming out of a bar and he can't stop can't the damn stop. thing. No, there's traffic going both ways as he's approaching the end. Yeah, of the one of those scooters he just grabbed outside the bar. There's he put. He oh no, he, he traveled with. He had, yeah, oh, when he oh when he banged up. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. But he he. I remember in Pittsburgh. I don't know if it was a playoffs or not, but in Pittsburgh he got going down that little side street, going right to the hotel there, and he's yeah. the speed wobble. Oh, oh yeah, man. Like it was, and you're worried because, like you said, there's cars coming. You know, like imagine. And he was wound up too. Somebody has even. 
Maybe Hardberg had done something, so he was it wound up. It doesn't take much to wind no, him up. It doesn't. We used to grab his phone when we'd cross the border and change the language to French and yes. had him convinced that when you go over the border, that just happens, and it'll fix itself when you go back. And, of course, it doesn't, and he'd get home, and a week later, he's still trying to get the damn French off his phone. <laughs> no way. So he had French the whole time he's in Canada? Poor guy. He would set his phone down, which I just can't believe he just said, keep it in his pocket after how many times we did this he would pick his phone up in front of someone and like hit the power you know like the and the picture come up and it was not a picture that he had up there originally if you, <laughs> if you know what i mean we'll keep this keep this kind of clean but it would be some really funny pictures and he would just because he can't he didn't have no clue how to no attack you know yeah. yeah worse than me yeah right. like could fix it and like he said he'd do the french thing and and uh i was just <laughs> it was comical and he the best was like i would once i was done hanging the gear sometimes these i would catch these guys before they go to dinner and they'd be having a quick beer or something and and I'd come in and I'd see Coatsy's phone and I would just I'd leave him, hey buddy, and I'd just take it and put it in my back pocket. He wouldn't know till they get up to leave. Now he's fucking oh, yeah, himself. Yeah. Every, losing every his trip. Mind. Every trip. Nasty. Give me my phone back. I'm like, Coatsy, I just walked in here and I don't have your phone. And he's like going to everybody, where's my phone? That finally I'd put it down behind him and oh man, but he's you could do it every day. He, he's he's fun to be around and yeah, on is. the air. We just bust each other's balls constantly, yeah. Yeah. and and if you've got a guy that you can do that with, and he can add live a little bit, yeah. you can have fun on the air, and that's kind of sometimes I you know you don't want to go too far with that, right. especially if the team's not playing well. Right. You've got to kind of keep that in check, but again, it's we're having fun, and we hope it's fun to listen to us, and that's that's the goal. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. You got to have fun. You just generate that energy, like you said, and and having a guy like Coatsy's certainly helps facilitate yeah. that. Never losing sight of the fact that the game is the game. The, the game's game is the yes. product. Right, you're never bigger than the game. <clears throat> right, hundred percent. You touched on it a little bit before when you talked about um, you know your your love for hockey more than baseball. Mm -hmm. How did you get into to hockey broadcasting? Was that something you always wanted to do? It, or? I'm a slow learner. It took me a little longer than it should have to figure out how to get from point A to point B. I was a senior in high school. It was already pretty apparent that I didn't have the skills as an athlete, right? So it was, uh, how do I find a way? Um, I'm writing sports for the school paper, that kind of stuff. And a journalism class, a teacher got up and said, uh, there's a station in Detroit, major market, that's doing a sports talk show, and they're looking for interns. And I absolutely jumped at that. I did. I was an intern on a sports talk show an hour away. I'd drive right after school, three days a week, and, and fell in love with radio. Um, it, I knew pretty quick that that was maybe my way to stay in sports. So after college, um, I, by the time I got out of college, I'd, I'd worked for a few major market stations, not on the air, but kind of behind the scenes, internships, some technical um, engineering type jobs just for a paycheck. Um, got a job on the other side of the state in Michigan in Grand Rapids as a sportscaster uh, where I met my wife. We started a family, bought a house. I was there for 10 years. And I had always figured if I just concentrated on a sports radio job that I was fortunate and then it would lead to other things. And after about eight, nine, ten years, people would ask, well, what's really the goal here? And it kind of forces you to answer the question. 
And if I really was honest with myself, as ridiculous as it sounds, I would have said to be a play-by-play guy in the NHL. So that kind of led me to figure out how do you get from here to there. And it was that long before I realized those, those jobs aren't being filled by stations. you got to go work for a team. Mm. So I started sending tapes to every minor league team in the country. Um, I worked a year in the Colonial League with the Muskegon Fury at the time. Oh, wow. Um, went to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and did two years in the Central League. Uh, which was a great experience because I was a PR director and a broadcaster there, riding the buses in the Central League. Um, I did two years in Cleveland in the IHL and then came here. A lot of guys in our business are, I I shouldn't say a lot, some are really fortunate to stay in one market and get an opportunity and make that leap into the play-by-play seat. But I don't think I'd do it differently. Um, I would not have wanted to miss the minor league experience because I have more stories of, yeah, I'm sure. of riding the buses with the minor league teams. And to me, that was paying my dues. And I don't think I'd want to do it differently. Right. I hear that. Respect, respect the, uh, the path for sure. Cause it's almost necessary to find, to find yourself and it's find your f- way sometime. More right? fun. And I, I, I constantly remember, you know, remember who Jim Bouton was? The Jim, name Jim Bunt was the pitcher that uh, wrote Ball Four. Okay, um, and died within the last year. He did a lot of public speaking uh, after he had retired, and he always talked about enjoy the process. Yes, don't focus so much on the <clears throat> goal. Yes, that's if the you truth. don't enjoy the process of getting there, you're missing the point. Yeah, so right. I always and it won't try be to as fun that. once you get there. You yeah. got to enjoy yeah. the process. That's yeah. that's amazing teaching for sure. You got the radio voice. Is that something you had to work on, or is that just a blessing? Or <laughs> no, you never, you never took communications <laughs> class working on that sound. Or? The bigger issue is, in my minor league days, I had guys tell me, "Well, you got to have a signature call. Your call's got to be something that people identify you with." And as much as I guess I get that, what that leads to is guys trying to manufacture something that isn't really natural or genuine. Mm, I think we're all a product of what we grew up with and what our experiences are. And I'll tell you a story. When I was in Tulsa, after a game, I'd go to my office and do PR work and realize that, shit, I could get the Detroit station at that time of night at 11, 12 o'clock in Tulsa. And I got a refresher on listening to the guy I grew up listening to. His name was Bruce Martin. He was like the Gene Hart of Detroit. He's in the Hall of Fame. He did 40 years in Detroit. And it was amazing to me after having been gone a couple of years, holy cow, all my play-by-play vernacular came from this guy without Mm. even knowing. It was just subconscious. And the most natural way to call a goal was the way I listened to him call a goal with the high screech and the, you know, you get to a different octave. I realize it sounds ridiculous. It sounds stupid sometimes, but it's not manufactured because that's what I grew up listening. I was a huge Red Wing fan when I was a kid. We'd go to 30 to 40 games a year. Wow. Um, and, And playing street hockey, we'd always mimic the guy we were listening to and his goal call, and that was iconic in Detroit right. to us. Uh, so that's, I guess, the where it came from. And like I say, some people think the goal call is ridiculous. 
um, it's it's what I grew up with, and that's awesome. It's it's not phony. Yeah, right? and that's the biggest thing, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Is being authentic and yeah. genuine is, is you gotta be is yourself. Key. You gotta be yourself. I mean, yeah, you, you can see right through people that you know say try and manufacture something just doesn't just doesn't sit where it doesn't land very well. I guess right. you could say so. Right. That's could, interesting. Could remember that kid? It was a, it went viral. A boom goes the dynamite. Did you ever see that <laughs> ball? Sure. You gotta find that. These kids like learning. He's he's in I guess high school, yeah. and he's like doing highlights of a game yeah and he goes and this guy like hits a shot or dunks it he goes and boom goes the dynamite and he comes in oh man but um yeah that's awesome that especially like you're doing it subconsciously it's it's uh it's pretty cool and i don't think your uh, call is bad at all i like it i enjoy it some yeah, people it's think energy. it's uh nails on a chalkboard no. but whatever so Speaking of your call, what's your favorite? Do you have a favorite call that, or something that you know you just won't ever forget? The obvious ones that you remember the primo goal right. in five yes. overtimes. Yes. And when you're doing that and you're trying not to lose your voice because you've been on the air for six hours. Yeah. <laughs> and all you're thinking about as a play-by-play guy is don't blow the call. Don't blow the call. Oh my God. Don't be talking about something else. Stay with the play because it's all about you want the highlight because you know that's going to be replayed Right. Forever. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, just exactly. don't – did I have a great call? Not not one that's memorable in that way. It's just the moment of that particular game. The Dan Carcillo overtime goal, for some reason, I remember yep. that. Because he didn't know as, where to go. Yeah, right. yeah, right. And my call was, <laughs> Carcillo, Carcillo, <laughs> damn it. Yeah. You know. That's the awesome. Andy Delmore hat trick. I think it was in Pittsburgh. Yes. So Andy Delmore's the defenseman. Um, he had two goals in the game. He finds himself with a puck in the offensive zone, as I remember it, when guys were leaving the zone, and he found himself caught in the zone, and the puck came back to him, and he turns and scores for the hat trick. And it was the closest I ever came to throwing an F-bomb on here. Because <laughs> the call was, Andy Delmore, Andy Delmore, Andy yeah, 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 right, right. Say yeah. It, thank God. Yeah, yeah. But uh, those moments um, awesome. uh, kind of stick with you. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. yeah. There's got there's got to be a bunch more too. You probably a ton. I mean, yeah. twenty five years is a, a long time. A to, ton. Yeah. I I have a question too about uh, even in Cleveland. Uh, what years were either 90, 94, 95, 95, 96? 95, 96, 96, 97. Okay, so you you missed Paul Laws. I don't know if there was yes, a, he did. was there because I had him in Florida. He was a tough guy. Dave McKaylick was there. Chuck oh. Callender was there. Wow. Lane Lambert was there. Brad Lauer was there. All mm, most yeah. of those guys are in some way still associated with the game. Right. Uh, Mark Osborne played in Cleveland with us. I, I was going to ask you did your your best brawl you've ever seen or, or you know my I, I, best brawl was my first game in the central league we were in wichita oh, sure. kansas to play the wichita thunder mm-hmm. and brawl broke up broke out on the ice and it, it started because some guy got drilled on the far wall and the glass popped out so now there's a missing pane of glass and here come fans out onto the ice and there were a bunch what? of Tulsa fans jumping oh out onto the ice. Oh, my God. And the, a, a Tulsa fan was running to one of our tough players, 
we had we had some tough guys back in the same. Remember Craig Cox? Oh yeah, he, he played Coxie yeah. played. Oh, yeah. also. oh my <laughs> god! Uh, we had some tough guys back there, and one of our guys turned around and sees this fan coming at him and rears back like he's going to drill him. And it was one of our fans no, that made the trip. From which it was a shit show. Oh, oh my! And I'm god. on the air. This is my first game of the like. What the <laughs> hell am I gotten myself into? And I kept questioning where the hell is the security in this building <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the commissioner of the league sitting oh. four rows away from me and i'm trying to get him to come on the air he wanted no part of that <laughs> guess not <laughs> come on up. there have been a few crazy moments Bring Ty Domi all right classic well bring the whole family down <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> i mean you've been in the game for for obviously a long period of time maybe not necessarily the broad street bullies but you know talk about the the evolution of the 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 role of the enforcer and you know if we're going from when you came in the league in 97 until now we talk about delorier and how it's evolved well funny when i was a kid and a huge red wing fan the wings were just Horseshit teams. They were terrible. They missed the playoffs just about every year of my childhood. So my adopted team, for whatever reason, were the Philadelphia Flyers. I have no right. idea why, okay. but they were the most entertaining team. They were the toughest team. Yeah. And it's been kind of cool to have grown up watching those guys from a distance and then getting to know many of them who are still around. Sure. Uh, so I was a huge Flyer fan. I actually watched hockey with my grandmother. My grandmother was the hockey fan. Oh, really? Wow. And she got me into hockey. So, um, yeah, we, we'd watch all the playoff games with the Flyers, and she absolutely loved when a guy would have his sweater pulled over his head because she wanted to see the suspenders. I don't know why. <laughs> But those were those were obviously very entertaining teams. Yeah, so for sure. Has the role? Uh, is, is there a role that like Schultze played back then? Obviously, the game has evolved and it's changed, but not entirely. Because right. what right. did we talk about earlier? Yeah, yep. With Nick Delorier, yep. there's an element that if you don't have that, and it can't be one guy, and it's not going to be one guy with this team, but it, there's still an element that's got to be there. Roles changed even from when you played, right? Oh yeah, sure. But patrol in the red line, warm ups. Oh yeah, <laughs> you send the vibes out, you know, flexing. But if you don't have that guy, you're going to spend years looking for that guy. Sure, yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, to me, it's it, it's still such an important piece to this puzzle. I mean, obviously not Broad Street bullies, but. That element of having a guy like that in your locker room on the ice does make guys yeah. feel more confident and, and give them a little more so space. Much bigger now, right? Back in the day, the tough guys weren't huge. No, that's right. Tiger Williams wasn't a no. big guy. Shit, Ted Lindsay was not much taller than I am. Yeah, even yeah. Hammer, man, was he six six feet, six one? Yeah, I mean, he I wasn't mean, a big guy. It, it wasn't about size and brute strength. No, uh, <laughs> just yeah. willingness. It's and a willingness, up. exactly right. Yeah. yeah, but that element is is, is is still still profound. You know, when you talk about the psychology of accountability and having someone on the ice that could potentially uh, react to a certain play, right? You look what a couple of years ago with Panarin, right? Before they got Ryan Reeves, I mean, had someone just been standing on the bench, that probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah, you know. Well, you said, you're right, I missed calling games in that era when that was normal. But in one of my central, we were in Oklahoma City, and the Oklahoma City Blazers had a guy by the name of 
Bruce Shoebottom. Do you know yeah. that? Oh, yeah, I know oh, Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. Tough guy. <laughs> right, yeah. A Boston, he, I think. he was actually in our penalty box. The game was actually in Tulsa against Oklahoma City. And I remember he was in a penalty box, and one of our tough guys challenging him from the ice. So Shoebottom stands up, opens the door like he's going to come back out. And whatever possessed the penalty box attendant to do this, he put his arms around him from behind like he's going to keep Shoebottom from going back out oh, of the ice. God. And he picks this guy up and tosses him across the penalty box. Well, <laughs> the guy that was doing that job is uh, is an off-duty cop. And all the security guys are all his cop friends. And they converge on the penalty oh. box and choke him out. Wow. And wow. it was ugly. It turned into a national story. Oh so God. there are moments that... Yeah. We're going to find that clip. Yeah, you know, shoe know, bottom right? getting, getting <laughs> tackled by police. Was. I don't know if there was YouTube back then. <laughs> no, <laughs> Probably, there wasn't. Definitely not. No. <laughs> we drew pictures. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. Um, you know, for, for a young guy trying to get into the radio space, communication space, any advice on how to pursue their dream? Well... If you're talking about the play-by-play job, I guess the only advice is the only way you get better at it is to do it. Yes. So so young guys have come up to me, and, and maybe they're from this market. Their family's here. They're committed to staying in the market. And it's hard to explain to a kid that that's not a very good approach. If you're not willing to go wherever, you've got to go anywhere and call the game. It, maybe you're lucky enough and you get a gig as an off-ice reporter or between periods or whatever, and you're hoping that that'll turn into a play-by-play gig. Does it happen? It can, but more often than not, play-by-play guys did play-by-play in the minors. Right. Yes. So you pretty much have to go do it, and that's the only way you're going to get better at it. So I, I guess that's the one piece of advice I'd have for a kid that specifically wants to do that is you learn by doing. Yeah, 100%. And you got to go where the work is, to your point, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like if you want to think it's going to be an easy road and you're going to sit around and wait for this magical beautiful job to appear on your lap it's you'll be sitting there you'll be sitting there a long long yeah. time and you got to wear more than one hat right because minor right. teams aren't going to pay that's the truth. A guy to just be a broadcaster you're going to be a pr guy you got to sell that made off seasons just agonizing for me because i when you're not calling games now you're doing other things that you're not really comfortable doing i didn't sign really come here for that to be a salesman because that ain't me yeah uh but it's the price you got to pay. Right. It's like, how bad do you want to do you want to do this? Yeah, and what are you willing to do? Yeah, I, I get emails still, uh, kids, young kids. How do I get into? I'm like, first of all, don't <laughs> if you're <laughs> right. smart. <laughs> but no, but it, you're exactly right. I'm like, you you need to send your resume everywhere. Yep, and you may have to be an intern, and you may have to go somewhere you don't want to go. This you have to if yeah. you want to do I, it. I was lucky. Like, I was so fortunate. Well, we're all lucky. Right we're all lucky. 100%. But, in the I mean, I graduate college, and, you know, my dad gets me a job. with Mr. Clark hires me, yeah. you know, right out of college. Um, I was fortunate. I tell every kid that asked me that or anyone that asked me, like, how'd you do it? I'm like, I don't know. I was lucky. That's all I can tell you. But yeah. you learn. And, but you're right. You got to go wherever you have I'll to go. tell you about one of the first hockey jobs. Uh, so we're in Grand Rapids. Um, I've convinced my wife that we can't stay here. I've got to go do this. And that's going to mean leaving her family with two little kids. Um, but she bought in. She, from day one, thank God. Because yeah. I've seen a lot of guys get stuck in a market because their right. spouse wasn't willing to make those sacrifices. So 
I get an interview lined up in Wheeling, West Virginia, in the oh old ECHL. Oh, yeah, Nailers. And I figured, you know what, this is a family decision. I'm asking her to make huge sacrifices, so I'm going to take her with me. Rent a car. We drive from Grand Rapids to Wheeling for this interview. Um, and we're driving through the city when we get into Wheeling. And she would have done it. But what's going through her mind? Because there are guys on the front porches with banjos. She's yeah. looking at me like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, she would have done it. I know. I didn't get the job. Thank God. Yeah, right. And three weeks later, I, I got the, the gig in Tulsa, which was a way better fit. And right. A great stop. But uh, you, you don't do it alone if the right. people in your right. life aren't willing to support you. And thank God she's been willing to make that move. It's not easy to make those cross-country moves with no, kids. That's the truth. Yeah. Young kids. Yeah, and, right. And thank God she allowed me to do what I do. Yeah. That's awesome. It's very yeah. important. Yeah, for sure. And again, having that support is obviously critical. But following your dream, right? I mean, it's like if you play it safe and you just stay comfortable where you're at, you'll, you'll, you, you'll never be able to find your way or ever even if give yourself a chance. If some 31-year-old came up and said, I want to be a play-by-play guy in the NHL. You know, you're going to be polite and say, "Well, good, good luck to you." Yeah, Best right. Good luck. Good luck. Like, yep. How realistic is that? Yeah. Really? So, you talk about being lucky. I've been hugely lucky. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you, you're, you've been here for 25 years for a reason, and uh, I think Flyers are lucky as well. 100. percent uh, You ended up here because you do a great I job. Appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you, Tim. It's been awesome. Hey, great setup. I, I, I listen to this the is show. All nasty. All the time, usually when I'm mowing the lawn or doing some medial <laughs> chore around the house, yeah. but I love listening to you guys. You guys do a great job. Thank you so much. We appreciate you, man. Yeah, absolutely. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 